just kicked off, and I got Mason here as our uh, expert here for Down to the Wire of NBA. Uh, and you know what? We're just going to talk and go through preview of NBA, man. So, Mason, let me know what uh, we're going to be doing uh, in this episode. Expert. That's a strong word, but I can go with listen, it. Why not? Who cares? <laughs> all right, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll go with it, okay? Because I don't know what else to say. It makes it sound <laughs> a, little, a little more professional and more like we know what we're doing. So, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go with it. Uh, so, basically, um, Normally on podcast episodes, you hear everybody doing their rankings. Here's my top 10. Here's X, Y, Z. So what I did, I wanted to change it up a little bit. I put, I um, am doing tier rankings. So basically I have six different tiers set up through all 30 teams in a different tier. We can break it down, go from there, talk about some teams in each tier, see see where we go from there. Yeah, man. What else we got on? uh, So we're doing tiers. What else we got on the rest of the episode? So I got, uh, I say I. I'm going to get your advice, too. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Championship Picks, Eastern Championship Picks, Western Championship Picks. Let's rock. Let's see what we got. Yeah, man. All right, sweet. So let's go ahead and dive into it then. So let's go ahead and get into the tier list, okay? Do we want to start bottom going up, or do we want to stop top going down, man? You like you, you take the lead here. Where, where do we want to start? So what we're going to do is top going down, because my top bottom tier... Down. Oh, I'm I can't wait to tell you. It's going to be fun. Okay, sweet. Well, let's go. Let's All go right, ahead. So, what, what's our top tier? So my number one, my top tier is the championship contenders. So basically with this tier, it's I have six teams in it, and it's basically the teams that I 100% believe. If you told me that this team, these two teams were playing in the championship at the end of the season, I believe it no matter what with the, with the six teams that are in it. Any mix of those six teams, yeah, it makes sense. So um, Spurs are definitely in it. Oh, right. ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Popovich, <laughs> the goat, whatever. Tim Duncan is not walking through that door. Um, so basically, I, I don't have any order for it. I just got six teams thrown together. Uh, so I have my beloved Celtics as a championship contender. Yeah. Um, so I got Celtics, Bucks, So, so is that with the that with the green and white glasses on that yes. you have them in that tier? Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, no, not really. They're, they're going to be awesome anyways. <laughs> uh, so I got Celtics, Bucks, 76ers. Warriors, Clippers, and Nuggets all in my championship contender tier. Um, I don't want to overstate this, but I think the Celtics are going to be awesome this year. Um, so to me, the top two teams right now in the East are easily the Celtics and the Bucks. Um, the Bucks are great because of Giannis. And what Giannis is able to do on the basketball court is basically unmatchable for any other team. Um, his production level... The stuff that he does, his competitiveness, the, his drive, it's all insane. Giannis is awesome. Um, so the team that scares me the most in the East of the Celtics is definitely the Bucks. Um, when it comes to the 76ers, I like the moves that they made in the offseason. They were able to bring in P.J. Tucker. Uh, they were able to bring in DeAnthony Melton from, or DeAndre Melton from Memphis as a back, backup point guard, which they were really lacking last year. Um, so they have a lot more depth this year, surrounded by Embiid and surrounded by Harden. So far this year, I haven't loved what I've seen with their offense. It's first two games in, but they're looking more like they're trying to adapt to James Harden's play style instead of keep uh, bringing along and playing towards Embiid, which I think is a joke if you decide to do that. Because Harden, he's gotten better this year to what he was last year. He's lost some weight. He looks better shape, but he's still slowing down. You can tell he's lost a step. So if you're trying to play more for him instead of Embiid, that's where it would worry me with the 76ers. Um, so with Warriors, Clippers, and Nuggets, 
top of the West is easily the Warriors. They reloaded this year. I don't know how they did it. Um, you lose Otto Porter, you lose Gary Payton the second, but you still you're bringing in DiVincenzo, and I don't even remember who the other guy they brought in is. Wasn't it? Uh, but <laughs> James Wiseman's coming back. He looked good in their first game. Um, you have the incident with Draymond and Jordan Poole where Draymond just decided he was going to knock out Jordan Poole for some reason. Um, I don't think that's going to affect them as much as people, other people think it will. Um, I think NBA players have this weird ability to just kind of brush things like that off. We'll see what happens, but I still really do think that the Warriors are the best team in the, in the West. I mean, you have Steph Curry. Like, that's really hard to beat. You have Steph Clay. Exactly. Sure. Really hard to beat. Um, the Clippers and Nuggets, they're both awesome. The thing about both of them is their best players are coming back from injury, more so the Clippers and the Nuggets. Um, so with the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard missed all of last year with a knee injury. Paul George basically missed all of last year too. He played a little bit, but he was mostly in and out of the lineup. You're bringing both Paul George and Kawhi back to this team, and you're adding John Wall to an already really deep Clippers team. I think they're going to be really good this year. The thing is, I could really see them beating the Warriors, but the thing is, like, they haven't really had time to click together, if that makes sense. Like, in the four years that Paul George and Kawhi have been there, there have been a lot of injuries. They've both been in and out of the lineup. So if they put it all together this year, especially with their bench depth, I think they can be really good. With the Nuggets, Jokic is awesome. Um, Probably the best center in the league, even over Embiid, in my opinion. His playmaking is insane. His ability to pass the ball, shoot the ball, make all types of plays for his team to make everybody else around him better is really impressive. They're also bringing back Jamal Murray, who didn't play at all last year with a knee injury. Michael Porter Jr. coming back this year also. Those two guys have to make a leap forward this year if they want to contend, which I think they can, especially playing off of Jokic because he's been able to dominate the ball as much as he was the past two years and win back-to-back MVPs. So you're putting his numbers up, and you're giving him two really dynamic players along with him. I think it could be really good. My pick out of the West would still be the Warriors. Um, So, yeah, that's my first tier. What do you think? It's tier one. Yeah, that's really interesting, man. I mean, the the two t- other teams other than the Warriors in the West that you talked about, the uh, the Clippers uh, and uh, the uh, Nuggets, again, like it seems for them, especially last year, like it, it's going to come down to staying healthy. Uh, it seems like Kawhi has been injured forever. Like it, yeah. he's been injured basically since uh, he left um, the uh, – the, the Raptors whenever he went to, to LA and even before he was on the Raptors, he was hurt all the time over in San Antonio. So yeah. like, this seems to be like kind of like a consistent thing where he's like injury prone. And it's not like these like kind of small ones that build up. It's just, like, you have one thing that's just like aggravating and you can't get over and it takes you a full year. And so like, you're like, we're missed. Like the thing that's really disappointing for NBA fans is like, man, we have a really good player in Kawhi and we don't get to watch him much because he's injured all the time. Like he's good enough to carry the Raptors along with uh, DeMar and along with Lowry to carry them to a championship. And then he leaves to go to LA with the Clippers to do it again with Paul George. And then he's injured. And then Paul George is injured. And it's just like, so especially for them, like if they can stay healthy, I can definitely see them being a legit contender in the West with the Warriors. Um, And then again, like you have the reigning MVP, like two time MVP, right? Like, you're always going to be a threat. And then having Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back, like those are big pieces that like they were missing obviously last year in their playoff run to actually go somewhere. So again, both of those teams, it's down to health. If they stay healthy, definitely 
contenders against the Warriors for sure. And people uh, forget, and East, people forget yeah, that the that Kawhi Leonard, everybody was able to ready to crown him the best player in the league after the war or after the Raptors championship because yeah. he just dominated his way through the playoffs. And then the Warriors, they had some injuries that year, but still he came out and was just absolutely murdering the Warriors. So I think if he's getting back to that level, the Clippers are going to be dirty or dirty. Yeah, for sure. And, and it may t- again, like to me, again, this is going to sound sacrilegious since we're, you know, doing an NBA podcast right now. But to me, the NBA season doesn't really start till Christmas. I don't pay <laughs> attention much until Christmas. Uh, but, you know, like it's going to take them time probably to get, like you said, to kind of get used to one another and to, to get rolling. And I'm sure there's some rust for, for Kawhi for not playing for a while and like legit action. So it, it may take a little bit of time, but they're going to be dangerous. And the East, like it to me, it seems like it's just kind of like a coin flip in the east like it kind of seems like that every year to see like there might be like one or two dominant teams and then it's just like okay good luck guessing the rest whereas in the west it seems kind of like how it's been kind of pretty consistent like you have your warriors you have your um the the um the trailblazers have usually been good um the rockets used to be good when you know um when Harden was there, the Spurs are now on the downside, but they've been good. The Lakers seem to be falling off a cliff, but they were good when LeBron was is still there whenever he was a little younger. Like, you always had these really good teams, so, like, the West was already stronger. So it always seemed like, okay, whoever comes out the West is going to win it all. Yeah. In the East, like, it just feels like, man, it's kind of a, a, a coin flip. So, I mean, you got the C, Celtics. I mean, you got uh, the Sixers, which can the Sixers finally figure it out come playoff time? I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, and then, I mean, I mean, you can't, ha- you can't really like look past the nets. I'm sure they're on your next tier, but I mean, the nets with their big three, even though they just got dominated by the Pelicans, it's freaking go. <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's just like, you know, take your pick, man. And, and, and you know, who knows? I mean, other than the magic baby, but like, <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Y- you have pretty decent odds probably by picking a handful of teams in the East to maybe be that contender, you know? Yeah. So let's go on to the next one, dude. What's your next tier? Tier number two is my question mark teams. This tier is basically teams that have the ability, like the Mavericks last year, to sneakily make their way through the playoffs. And also, like like the Mavs last year, nobody was really picking them to make it all the way to the Western Conference Final. Somehow they made it there. But that was because of Luka. Luka carried them. Whatever. So this is kind of where that, that tier is. Also, like, if you told me these teams made it to the finals i'd be like okay yeah sure i'm sure something happened throughout the season and they were able to make it through there um so in this tier i have the nets the cavaliers the pelicans let's go <laughs> and the mavericks the grizzlies and the timberwolves um so in regards to the nets their question mark is pretty obvious what can their big three do um kevin durant Still one of the best players in the world. He's not really a question mark. You know what you're getting from him. Kyrie Irving is a huge question mark. He's an awesome basketball player, but who knows if he's actually going to stick it out through the season. Like he, there, Every year it seems like there's something with Kyrie where he just kind of decides, no, I don't want to play right now, and takes a break. Last year was a vaccination thing. That is what it is. It's his own decision. It's whatever. A couple years before that with the Celtics, I don't even know what happened. He basically just tanked the, tanked the team. And so, are you getting mentally stable, Kyrie? We'll see what happens. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a really dynamic player. (laughs) I forgot about the LSU 
<laughs> but Ben Simmons is a really dynamic player. He just is terrified to score the basketball right now, which you can't be. But also, he fits in really well with KD and Kyrie. Like he's going to be able to get them the ball in the in the spots that they want. So if they can gel and really fit, I think they still obviously have a chance to be awesome in the East. Their bench is a little shaky to me. They have two awesome shooters and Seth Curry and Joe Harris. We'll see what happens with them. Um, Cavaliers, one of the big teams um, in the offseason this year, they traded for Donovan Mitchell. They were a they overperformed last year because they have two twin towers down in the paint with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. This is Evan Mobley's second year. If he takes another leap, they could be really good and a really dangerous playoff team, especially with how good Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell have been playing. If they all gel consistently, they're going to be really good. They got a really dynamic starting five. They're, they're going to be really fun to watch. I'm a, I am really like Donovan Mitchell. Um, if he picks it up, he needs to pick it up more on the defensive end because they're going to need him to be able to guard some of the bigger guards because of how much smaller um, Darius Garland is. So that will be interesting to see with them. Um, the Mavericks. It's all about Luka. Like, I mean, Luka's awesome. If he's he's going to be awesome this year, what can they get from their secondary guys? They don't really have another playmaker. They just lost Jalen Brunson, who was their second best player. He's with the Knicks now. So can they find another ball handler next to Luka that takes some of the pressure off of him? They think Spencer Denwitty's going to be able to do that. We'll see if it happens. He's kind of hit or miss throughout the season. Maybe he'll be able to perform in the playoffs. Who knows? So the whole thing with them is, can you be able to take some of the pressure off of Luka? If you can, you're going to be fine because of how great Luka is. Um, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies really overperformed last year. Um, so I'm interested to see what they bring this year. John Morant has been awesome. Um, he's a great player. He needs to work on his shooting a little bit. The thing that I have a question about is Jaron Jackson Jr. They're probably their second best player. He's already hurt this year. He's going to miss some time. So if they can survive without him... We'll see what happens in the playoffs. I wasn't a real big believer in the Grizzlies last year just because I feel like they hit, they almost hit their ceiling too early. So if you told me this year, well, I'll take it back. I think it was two years ago the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals out of nowhere. And it was like, where did this team come from? They got all the hype the next year. The next year they fell off. They didn't even make the playoffs. Or they, they were the eighth seed in the playoffs last year. So I'm wondering if that'll be the Grizzlies this year. We'll see what happens. Um the Timberwolves, another big trade team. Rudy Gobert got traded to the Timberwolves in the offseason. You, you're able to move Carl Anthony Towns to the four, which is honestly a, probably a better fit for him since he's an insane shooter. Their question mark to me is, um, oh, what am I doing? I can't even think of his name right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What am I doing? <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, like, if they can bring him, bring Gobert in and fit next to Carl Anthony Towns and get um, everything figured out with them, I think they could have a really solid year. I don't know if they're going to be able to make a push for a finals, but if you told me that everything clicked with them, then sure, I could see them in the Western Conference Finals. And the last team is the Pelicans. Let's freaking go, dude. I don't necessarily want to tell you this, but I'm a really big believer in the Pelicans this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, why wouldn't you be man yeah so look zion coming back this year he didn't play at all last year he actually looks in shape this year which is really a really good sign yeah exactly i don't think we've seen it since duke 
<laughs> no, not at all. Exactly. So him coming back in shape is going to be an awesome thing for them. I am a big fan of Brandon Ingram. I think he is a super dynamic scorer. So you're pairing him and CJ McCollum, who is a really good scorer, but he's also good at facilitating the ball and getting people open. So you're putting them two next to Zion. I think that's a really dominant three-man rotation right there. But the thing that everybody, I think, is sleeping on is their starting five. So far, they've been rolling out the three that I just named, plus Herb Jones and plus Valanciunas. Valanciunas is a really good rebounder. I think he's awesome in the in the paint. And then Herb Jones is just like a perfect guy to fit in with them. If he's hitting shots, he's going to be awesome. They have a really good – they have a lot of length, I think, is what people are sleeping on. So between Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and Valanciunas, they have a lot of kind of defensive switchability right there between those three, and you add Zion into that. Um, so I think, to me, I think the Hornets are going to be the team this year – or not the Hornets, sorry. The Pelicans are going to be the team this year that are going to be taking people – by storm almost. So like if you told me at the end of the year, the Pelicans finished as a two seed, I would 100% believe it. I think they're going to be the team that kind of takes the regular season really seriously. And they're going to try and go for the, one of the top three seeds. And I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. I mean, the, the team, the only team that I can probably really talk the most about is the Pelicans just because I follow them the most. Um, and I mean, like you said, the starting five is really solid. I mean, you have a really good big three, Again, when it comes to the Pelicans, it's similar to what I just talked about um, with the Nuggets and with the Clippers is can you stay healthy? Can Zion stay healthy and can he play a full season? Because he really hasn't done it yet. Uh, So that's really kind of the big question for them. If he does, I mean, you have a roster that's honestly good enough to take you far. Because, I mean, it's not just the start of five. You have really good role players and and Jose Alvarado. uh, Jackson Hayes is a backup on big man. Uh, I mean, you got Kyra Lewis, and then you also have Trey Murphy. Um, so, I mean, you have some really solid uh, pieces around these guys that, one, are all young. I mean, these are young players, so it's a young team. So, I mean, they had a lot of experience from the playoff run that they had last year, which I think is really going to help, and they did that without Zion. So you add him into the list with how dynamic he is. I think they're going to be a really dangerous team, uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if I'd go finals yet because I think they're probably – a year away with this kind of core to maybe really push for a finals, but I wouldn't be surprised for a, for a strong Western conference finals type of run for them. Yeah. So I'll say this about it. Um, I think the Pelicans are in an incredible position right now because of the war chest of draft picks that they have. Also like some of the guys that you were talking about on the bench, a lot of their contracts are right around $11 million, which is a perfect filler contract for any trade. If you're trying to equal another guy's um, money value, basically. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, right now, the Pelicans own the Lakers draft pick this year, and the Lakers are looking rough. So okay. if you're able is to... Is AD hurt again? Uh, the <laughs> betting odd would be yes. I don't, I don't, I don't actually <laughs> think he is, but if, if anybody just says yes to that question, you're probably going to be right. But I don't think he is. <laughs> but with that draft pick, you ha- that's an insane asset right now because of how bad the Lakers have looked. So they have a chance to make a deal at the deadline, and that could potentially push them over. But I think you're right. To me, they're a year away. But also, you know, I do think they'll take the regular season really seriously, which will be interesting Interesting for me. Yeah, um, man, for sure. Again, yeah. and, and uh, talking about blockbuster trade, I know I texted you whenever this happened of the Cavaliers getting um, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and I'm a big Donovan Mitchell fan. I think he's awesome. Uh, I really like watching him. 
Uh, and so, I mean, you put him and Garland and Mobley on the same team, like you said, again, that's like another good core. And, and again, all those guys are young. So yeah. that's another good young core team that, and this is the Cavs year two again, um, you know, be that sleeper team for a finals or not for, for a conference finals, not for a finals maybe. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it, we'll, we'll see with Donovan Mitchell, but you know, you're getting a really good player uh, in, in Utah is having the firestorm that they're having. I mean, got to take advantage and, and it seems like they have. So we'll see how, how they all click together <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing with the Timberwolves, if Anthony Edwards is able able to take the leap that he should he finally take, I finally thought his name. Yeah. yeah, it finally hit me. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I don't know what I was doing. But he needs to take the leap and be their best player by a large margin. You know what I mean? Like, so right now, you it's hey, Anthony Anthony Edwards is our best player. It shouldn't it shouldn't be a kind of question mark statement. It needs to be no. Anthony Edwards is our guy. He's the guy who we're going to in the clutch time. It's not Cat's team. This is Anthony Edwards' team. So he needs to take that leap this year. And um, to me, I think he can. I really like him. He's super explosive. And, um, yeah. So my next tier that I have is my overachievers tier. Basically, with this one, I can see a world in ev- with every single one of these teams where they're overachieving kind of what their outlook is this year. Um, my number one team for this one is the Sacramento Kings. Which feels very gross to say. This is weird. Yeah, it feels gross to say, right? Why why are we talking about the Kings this early, man? (laughs) So the Kings, weirdly, have actually been making really solid and good moves. Um, They brought in Sabonis last year. Sabonis is one of the better big men in the league. and He's a great passing big man. He is awesome in the pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox. And you're giving them two another year together. I definitely see a world where they're making the playoffs. It would not surprise me at all. Um, their offseason moves, they brought in um, Kevin Herter and they brought in Malik Monk, who are both really awesome scorers off the bench. And you also just drafted Keegan Murray, who some people were kind of hating on the pick at first because you're passing on Jaden Ivey. But um, Keegan Murray was able to perform really well in summer league. He looked good in the preseason. And I think they got a really good pick out of him. And if he's able to come in and fill in some good minutes for them, and they take another step, I think they're going to be really good. So I do see them making the playoffs. Listen, um, they have Matthew Dellavedova, man. Like, obviously, oh gosh. they, they got to be a sleeper, right? <laughs> he was a one-hit wonder with the Cavs. Get him out of here. <laughs> um, other teams I have are the Hawks, the Magic, the Raptors, and oh, the Bulls. What? Yeah, the you're just trying, you're trying to hate on my hometown Magic, dude. Get this out of here. <laughs> hometown for now. Yes. Yeah, for now. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with them, actually. So Paolo Bencaro is a stud a certified stud and you saw him game one already come out had 27 5 and 5 i mean that was i think they said espn said it was the first time any rookie has done that since lebron so palo is going to be awesome this year they have some really good foundational pieces around him they're going to be able to throw out some insane lineups the thing about them i don't necessarily think they're going to be great this year but i do think they're going to be frisky and a team that you can't take lightly which i think it's under overachieving to me. Like, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the league. I don't necessarily think they're going to be the worst team in the East either. Um, and Paolo being able to overperform. And honestly, this is the best thing for him. Just being like, yo, I'm the guy. Do it. Uh, and I'm going to do it. It's This is what it is. I'm the guy. This is my team. And y'all, everybody else can deal with it. I think it's going to be awesome for them and their future. Um, is Jonathan Isaac going to keep improving there or what? Probably not. I think 
in my opinion, he's hit a ceiling, but he fits what they need. Like they have so much length between him, Mobamba, and Bol Bol. It's insane. They can throw out some crazy lineups. Plus, you still have Jalen Suggs and you have Cole Anthony. Like Suggs and Anthony, they're not they're not star players, in my opinion. I, I don't see them being at that level, but they're they're solid players to be putting around a guy like Paolo, where Paolo can make good plays and trust that they're going to be in the right position and also that they'll be able to do something off of what Paolo is doing. So they don't have another star or superstar to put around Paolo. So it's just like freedom for Paolo to be like, yo, here I am. I'm going to throw up 30 shots a game. Let's see what, let's see what happens. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's see. Talk about the Hawks. There were another team that made a big move in the off season and bringing in DeJounte Murray. Um, I think Murray's going to fit really well next to Trey young. Um, Trey Young, to me, needed another backcourt mate. And I think DeJounte Murray fits that pretty well. The thing is, I don't necessarily think that the the DeJounte Murray trade puts them over the hump. So that's why they're definitely not in my championship tier or the question tier. It's because, like, it all is going to rely on Trey Young. Like, I think right now the Hawks are kind of getting underlooked right now because of how deep the East is. So I've been seeing them in as a uh, play-in team projected wise, projection-wise right now, which I don't think will happen. I could definitely see them cracking in, probably being a top five maybe. I could see them five, probably being five or 60 for sure and avoiding play-in. Um, but it, like I said, it, it all comes down to Trey Young and what he can do. If he can be a better playmaker for the team, like he – he puts up real good assist numbers, but his playmaking is weird, if that makes any sense. Like, he, yeah. he has to improve instead of just being like, hey, I had 10 assists that game. It's like, okay, you had 10 assists that game, but were they getting people up? Like, were you getting everybody else open? Were you making hockey assists? Like, were you doing X, Y, Z? I think he needs to improve and stuff like that. And his defense just kind of sucks. So, <laughs> we'll see what happens. With him. Uh, two more. Raptors and the Bulls. The Raptors last year overperformed for sure. They definitely overachieved. I don't think a whole lot of people thought that they were going to be making the playoffs, or if they did, it was going to be 7 8 seed because they just, everybody had questions about uh, Pascal Siakam. You bring, you have Scotty Barnes coming in. It's still Fred Van Vliet. Like you don't have any of these superstars. And they showed that they don't really need superstars because they have every, basically every guy that they have is solid. And then, Pascal Siakam stepped up. I think he got third team all NBA last year. And then Scotty Barnes really showed that he is an, he is going to be a legit NBA player. Um, so if Scotty Barnes takes another leap, Pascal Siakam keeps doing what he's doing. I think they'll be, they'll be dangerous in the East coming out. They can be potentially be an upset team in the East. So what I mean by that is if you throw like the 76ers at them, I could see them potentially beating the 76ers in the first round and just blowing everything up because they're just solid. They're not great. They're solid. So I do think they overachieved this year. Uh, the Bulls, the thing about the Bulls is you still have DeMar DeRozan, and DeMar DeRozan was awesome last year. I think the reason I think that they're going to overachieve this year is because of how much hate they've been getting in the offseason. I wouldn't call it hate, but, <laughs> but they've kind of been an afterthought for everybody in the East because of like I was saying earlier, like the Hawks and the Cavs both made big moves and it immediately 
uh, the attention went, the attention and the focus went straight for them. And so everybody kind of has those two teams above the Bulls, which I, I don't necessarily believe. I think a lot of it depends on can Zach Levine stay healthy? Can Lonzo Ball get back? Lonzo Ball's knee injury right now is scary because it's, I think it was two weeks ago, he was talking about how he can't even walk upstairs right now with having pain. So that is never a good sign. But to me, if he's, he's done, it, yeah, if, if he comes back and is actually healthy, and then Zach Levine can continue to be the Zach Levine that he is and be an awesome scorer and a super dynamic playmaker, I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. And so what's the deal with Kobe White? Oof. He, <laughs> he's hard to explain because he's a good scorer. He's just not great in anything. Like, he's a good scorer. He's okay on defense. He's quick. He can get people open, but he's just not great at anything. So he's a good – to me, he's a good bench piece. Um, you can bring him in off the bench. He'll get you some buckets. He might give up some buckets, but he'll get you some more. So that's kind of how I look at him. All right. Now, my underachievers tier. So, so far, we've done championship (laughs) contenders. We've had our question mark teams. We've had our overachievers. And now we have our underachievers. Um, So I have Hornets, Rockets, Trailblazers, Heat, Suns, and the Wizards. I'll start with the Wizards. Let's actually actually start with the Rockets. Okay. Okay. They had top three pick in this past draft, and we're going to talk about underachieving. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so let, let's start there. <laughs> so here's the thing. When I look at the Rockets, I look at a basketball team. Like you said, they had top three picks, so it's kind of hard to go backwards from there. But what I mean by overachieving, I'm looking at what their projections were for this upcoming season compared to where I think they're going to be at the end of the season. So with them, like there's so many teams right now that are tanking. Um, and I think a lot of people think that the Rockets will be better than those teams, which I don't necessarily think is going to happen. They have two guys in Jalen Green, who is a great player. He seems a little selfish to me in a way that he just wants to go out and get buckets, which is fine, but you're not necessarily winning any games like that. So between him, you also have Kevin Porter Jr., He's pretty much the same way. Like, he's not a great point guard. He's just about getting buckets. And then you're adding Jabari Smith to that, who last year, Jabari Smith, some of the problems that he was having was that his point guards were able to create buckets for him. And what I mean by that is you have a point guard rolling off a pick and roll. If your big is popping, Jabari Smith would pop, have an open shot. His point guards couldn't get it back to him. They couldn't really find easy buckets for him which I think is going to be a problem with him in Houston because they don't have a good point guard. They have two guys who can score really well, not necessarily get him open shots. So I think they're basically an injury away from having another top three pick. So that's where I would, that's what I would say with them. Keep your um, eyes open for, uh, for Tari Eason, man. Watch out right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> All right. You're in your LSU. You're, you're purple and gold glasses. You're right, man. When it comes to NBA, you're right. And, uh, you know, you made a comment about Ben Simmons. We do not uh, claim him any longer. Uh, he, he is not LSU. Okay, so so he, you can just say, hey, he's from Australia, because that, that's Australia. all he needs to be referenced as. I actually want him to be classified as LSU, so I'll probably keep saying it. Never forget. 
Um, so I'll lump the next two teams in together, and I, I'll talk about the Hornets and the Wizards. The Hornets and the Wizards are both in a weird position. You have Lamella Ball playing right now for the Hornets, and you have uh, Bradley Bill playing for the Wizards. Both really good players. Not really good players when they're on their own. Neither one of them are really carrying a basketball team to the playoffs, which I think is a problem right now. Um, I honestly could see, especially the Hornets, blowing it all up and saying, hey, Lamelo, why don't you have a knee injury this year? Why don't you have a shoulder injury this year? Take the year off, basically. And basically just fire selling the rest of their team just to try and get a top pick this year. And honestly, kind of the same thing with the Wizards. I think the Wizards have a little bit more depth than the uh, Hornets do right now. But comparatively so, like, you're, you're trying to count on Porzingis being your second best player, which I don't see a, word, a world where he is going to be healthy enough to continue to be that guy. Um, so I think those are the problems with those two teams. I definitely see, like, if especially if Bradley Bill gets hurt this year for the Wizards, they need to fire sell, just absolutely tank it and throw it. Um, so that's kind of where I am with both of them. Who else? Uh, talk about the Heat. The Heat last year overperformed big time. They have a solid team. Like when you're sur- when you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, your defense is going to be awesome. And that's kind of how they what they hang their hat on. The problem is they didn't get any better this offseason. You're basically counting on Tyler Hero taking a leap and being better than he was last year, which is going to be hard. He was a six man of the year last year. It's hard to improve off of that for a guy like him. So you're basically hoping that he takes a leap and that Kyle Lowry is better than he was last year, which I don't think is going to happen at all. And you lose P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker's playing for the 76ers now. So you lose all of his production. You lose his toughness. You lose his grit. And I think that's just a really hard thing to replace. So to me, they didn't get any better this offseason. And I don't think they're going to be able to benefit from a very injured East like they did last year. Um, Trailblazers. Trailblazers are really weird this year. They just traded for Jeremy Grant which I think was a good move for them. The problem is they have no depth right now. So you're hoping that Damian Lillard is going to be able to be the same Damian Lillard that we all know and love, which I don't think is a thing anymore. Um, He had the abdomen injury last year. He didn't play at all, but he has definitely slowed down from what I can see in the first couple of games. Like he just kind of has lost his quickness a little bit. I wouldn't say it's completely gone, like Russell Westbrook, who is just invisible now. <laughs> but he is losing his step a little bit, so he's going to have to take that, take a step back and trust more in Anthony Simons and um, Jeremy Grant. If he can do that, I think they could be okay. Problem is, if they have an injury to one of those three guys or to Nurkic or to Josh Hart, like it's probably going to fall off from there. Um, and then I'll finish with the Suns. This is a weird place to put the Suns. This is weird. I've been waiting to hear from okay. the Suns as they were yeah, right so, there last year. <laughs> so two years ago, the Suns were in, in the finals. They had an incredible run. It was a year after they just traded for Chris Paul. You make it to the finals, you lose to the Bucks. Last year, you get beat in the second round by the Mavericks in seven games, and you get absolutely murdered on your home floor in game seven. The thing about them coming into this year is – the DeAndre Ayton piece to me and the Chris Paul age piece. So Chris Paul is now one of the top four oldest players in the league right now, which is never good for a point guard, especially a point guard of his size. Um, Chris Paul is still a great point guard, but you're having to count on him to play 82 games plus another 
20 games in the playoffs. I just don't think that's necessarily super realistic. Um, the thing with DeAndre Ayton, going into last year, he wanted a max contract. They didn't give him his contract. He whined about it. He complained about it. He basically tanked his – I won't want to say he tanked his season, but he tanked his stock going into this season to me because him and Monty Williams, their head coach, kind of got into it. They didn't talk at all during the offseason. Basically, he was saying he wanted out. He didn't want to play it for the Suns anymore. He wanted to go find a new team. Because he was a restricted free agent, they were able to bring him back, even though he didn't necessarily want to be there. So you now have DeAndre Ayton, who he got his contract. He got his max contract, but it wasn't from the Suns necessarily. He went out and he signed with the Pacers. The Suns were just able to match the contract and bring him back. Um, So to me, that's kind of a telltale sign of something sneaky, suspicious is happening there where I don't know if DeAndre Ayton is going to be fully built, uh, bought in. So if you're telling me that Ayton's not fully bought in, plus Chris Paul is getting older, I don't necessarily love that. And also on top of that, it was what I talked about earlier with Clippers are improving, the Nuggets are better too. So I don't know if there's going to be room for the Suns to have these problems and also still compete on top of all that. Sure. Yeah, that totally that totally makes sense. Uh, now that you kind of bring all that up, uh, I want to kind of go back to the Wizards real quick. It seemed like, at least maybe for the past couple of years, that Bradley Beal has constantly had his name mentioned when it comes to trades, any kind of blockbuster trades that could be brewing throughout the seasons. And I mean, if you're Washington, uh, obviously his contract is massive, so maybe that's the big issue. But I mean, he's he's 29 now. I mean, he's getting older. I mean, you, especially for being a guard. I mean, you can't play when you're super old. I mean, Chris Paul is one of the few guys that can, and he's not even playing up to the standard that you'd want an all-star guard to play, you know? So, I mean, obviously, the Wizards aren't in a good spot, so I don't know why they're holding on to Beal as much as he is. Again, that could just be an issue of his contract. He can't really find a trade that they're willing to give. But, I mean what are you really playing for at this point? I mean, you don't really have any other legit players other than Porzingis on your team. So what is like, what, what are you doing? So, I mean, obviously they probably need to tank. Um, but I mean, you have Bradley Beal, you're not going to be able to get a ton of assets for, you know, trades and everything. Cause you don't have anybody that nobody wants, you know? So they're just really in that weird spot. Um, it, it, to me, it's kind of shocking to maybe hear that same kind of talk about the Hornets, Obviously, I'm not the biggest NBA guy, so I don't pay attention to everything. But, I mean, they they have a great young player in LaMelo um, and, and some other decent pieces. I mean, they have Gordon Hayward. I know he's a lot older, but, um, I mean, they have, they have some pieces. So, you know, if they're constantly overachieving, obviously, then you're not getting your draft pick. So I think, again, that's probably what you're kind of getting at here with that. Um, but to me, if we're talking the two – uh, we compare the two. Obviously, I think the future is a lot more bright for the Hornets and the Wizards are just kind of in this like no man's land of like they can't really decide what they want to do. Like they want to tank, but maybe they don't want to tank. They aren't willing to pull the trigger to fully commit to that to rebuild because I mean, now, I mean, you got rid of John Wall, but you still have Bradley and can't really build a team around Bradley because you don't have any picks and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, if you want to add anything to that, you know, obviously. Yeah, so, okay, I, so I agree with you on the Hornets thing. Um, you have a bright future just because of how good LaMelo is and how young he still is. The thing is, like, 
you're having to count on Gordon Hayward not getting hurt, which just is has been impossible really since he just snapped his ankle when he was with the Celtics. He's been hurt pretty much every year since then. You're having to count on that, and you basically have no bench depth with them. You have your top five of Lamelo, Rozier, Hayward, and I honestly can't even say it's a top five. Like that's the three, and you can add PJ Washington into that. And that to me, that's not a core that you want to move forward with because Hayward's liable to leave here, and I think his contract's up in two years. Same thing with Rozier. Like you're in the like you were saying with the Wizards, you're in the no man's uh, zone right now. Like you could be better with Lamelo, but it's going to be really hard for you to get guys into um, Charlotte via free agency. Like you're not necessarily going out and signing a superstar. So like you have to basically hit through the draft and they had a guy, uh, Miles Bridges. He's been awesome for them, but he had the legal stuff going on in the off season. So he's not playing basketball at all right now. He's not even on a team. So that's kind of been a problem for them. That's why they, I had them underachieving. Cause I, I mean, I honestly think they just need to buy or sell. And the thing about the Wizards is, I agree with you, it's kind of weird. They just re-signed Bradley Beal in the offseason to the second largest contract in NBA history, which blew my mind because he's not that guy. Which I think the thing with them is the same thing that I was just saying about Charlotte. Like, you're not getting anybody into Washington. You're just not. You're not signing a superstar in free agency. So you have to do it through the draft. And Beal has proven that he can't be a 1A on a basketball team. He can be your 1B. He can be your second best player, but he's not going to be your best player and win you a championship. So I think part of it is a little bit of stinginess with Washington and stinginess with Bradley Beal. Like he keeps saying, I want to be in Washington. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to win my championship. You can say that, but you can't say that Washington can do the same thing. Like, sure, you want to keep your loyalty to your player, that's fine, but you have to do what's best for the future of your franchise if you're just stuck in the middle right now, which is exactly where they are. All right, you ready for our right, next nice. one? Yes. Let's, go, let's go on. Let's, what's the next one? Here? All right, so I got two more um, right now, and this one is the I don't tank. know where we can go if we have two more. Like Two more. <laughs> this is my tanking for Wimbenyana. Uh, tier you know who that okay. is any i clue? don't know who that is i All have right. no clue who that is so right now <laughs> victor Wimbanyama is a french kid is he's the number one prospect coming into the into the draft this upcoming season for 2023 draft dude is insane he is a seven four eight foot wingspan i think basically point guard he's an alien okay got he's it. an alien i don't even think an alien covers it um he is probably the best prospect definitely the best prospect coming out into the draft since lebron and even honestly on that you could convince me that he's a better prospect coming out than lebron was he he is that good he's insane i've never seen anybody his size have the dribble package that he has has the ability to shoot threes like he had like he does and honestly like if you're putting him if you're meeting him in the middle and at the rim you're getting your shot blocked immediately it's it's pretty impressive to watch. So that's why you've seen so many teams play their trade their good players this season or in the offseasons is and it was totally because of him. They just want a chance to have this guy. And I think you're gonna see that coming into the season too. Um so in this tier I have the Spurs, the Jazz, the Pacers, the Pistons, and Thunder. 
So Spurs, Jazz, and Pacers, it's all the same thing. Like They basically just sold most of their team so they can have a top pick trying to get this guy. Um, so I won't go too far and talk about them very much because it would just be stupid. Um, the Pistons and the Thunder are two interesting ones. So the Thunder just drafted Chet Hol- Holmgren in the last draft. He's, he's going to be a good player for sure, but he hurt his foot in the offseason. Yeah, so he hurt his foot in the offseason, and he's out for the entire year. So you can wipe that clean. Thing is, you're sitting on Shea Gilders Alexander, who's a really good young point guard, but I don't know how you go to him and say, hey, we're trying to tank for a fifth straight year, so just stay with us, ride it out with us. We're going to lose a bunch of games, but it's going to be okay. Okay. That that's kind of an interesting thing to me. I don't know how that's going to work out with them. The Pistons, the Pistons are weird because they just drafted, they just had the number one pick and they took Cade Cunningham two years ago, whatever it was. And Cade's a really good player. They don't have much more talent around him, but he's good enough to where he'll be able to vault them and probably get them more wins than they really should because they're tough. Like they basically uh, are the perfect picture of the city of Detroit where it's like, hey, we're going to punch you in the mouth, whatever, come at us. <laughs> um, so I think them and the Thunder, I don't think they'll get the top pick. I think it'll definitely be between the Spurs, Jazz, and Pacers. If I had to pick, I would probably say the Spurs, but with the NBA lottery, it's always weird. So that's that before, before Before we move on here, what is your opinion on the lottery? Do you like the lottery? Do you think it's dumb? Like, like what is this? I think the lottery helps improve or helps fight against tanking, if that makes any sense. But also, like, it also doesn't. I don't know how to explain it. So, like, because I mean, so like the NBA is the only pro sports organization that does a lottery. I mean, you look at MLB, which has comparable teams, and then you also have the NFL. So, I mean, you have your, 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 you know, being able to compare, okay, what is, tanking look like and how does it actually help you and does it help you at all in either one of these scenarios and like to me like if you're gonna like super tank and have the worst record in the nba and then still have a chance to not even get the number one overall pick you basically just kind of wasted your season exactly and a lot of times so and i think like i think that's kind of what their goal is is to say you can tank but you're probably not going to get the one the number one pick so do it if you want to but this is what the reality is. Like, you can be awful, not get the first pick, and still be awful again next year. And then you could be lucky like New Orleans. And like, yeah, you could be like really lucky like New Orleans. Two times in like six years or whatever it is. Go with AD and then you get Zion. Like. And, oh, that Zion one was crazy because I think they weren't even, they didn't even really have a chance. They were supposed to have like the 10th pick or something like that. Yeah. And somehow yeah. they got the number one pick. That was awesome. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just kind of, like, stuff like that. Because, like, if you look at the NBA, or NBA, we're talking about the NBA. If you look at the NFL, like, like you kind of always have those teams that kind of tank just because their organization isn't very good. Yeah. But, like, you like you always have, like, those couple of teams. It used to be the Browns for a while. They're still kind of there, but, like, they, they've been kind of on the up. But, like, you have these teams as, like, you know, that'll go bad. And then, hey, all they need is, like, maybe a piece or two. And then, like they then you kind of see their rise like it just doesn't feel like that's always really the case in the nba because it seems yeah, like it's sure. the same teams every single year that are at the bottom I and mean, we're talking i mean we, you kind of mentioned them in another tier but i mean we're talking kings haven't been relevant in two decades 
Um, Pacers were kind of good for a little bit, but I mean, the Bulls haven't really been super relevant other than um, uh, Derek Rose, and then he got hurt, and you had all the stuff with that. I mean, the Nets are only relevant because they got KD and, and Kyrie to come. Um, the Pistons haven't been good in a while. Uh, I mean, like, you can go down the list, and it's like you have all these franchises that have all been just bad for a while, and they can tank and do bad all they want, but you know, if, if you don't know, hey, if I have this record, I'm always going to at least be able to improve. Like, you're just like, you just have this like constant rotation of like, hey, you're just always going to be bad. So like, just always tank. That way you can hope, okay, maybe next year I'll get it. Maybe next year I'll get it. Maybe next year I'll get it. And so like, yeah. you know, you just, it just feels like it's a much harder way for like these kind of organizations to build up their rosters. Because even like with the basketball, it's a lot harder to win than than football just because like you really need like two players and there aren't many around that can just like carry your team. Like there's not like, there's not a LeBron everywhere. Like no, there's not, not a, there's not a Zion everywhere. There's not a, even just a Brandon Ingram everywhere. Like you don't have those players everywhere and yeah. they all seem to get consolidated because teams play crappy to hope that they get pieces and then they lose their all-stars because they can't compete because draft picks, you know? So. And you saw something like that with the, with the 76ers of, a while ago or it was like 10 years ago when they yeah. started the process or whatever it was, they basically tanked every year for like five straight years and you get Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out of that. But where has it led you now? Like you don't have a championship out of it. You never even made it to the finals out of it. I don't even think you've made it to the Eastern conference finals out of it. So, well, yeah, they did one year. It was the Raptors year. So they haven't even made it to the finals at all since then. And you still missed on three other top five picks. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, that just makes it super hard to be a fan of a team. Like, yeah. I see, like, to me, again, I, I'm I'm talking, this is my opinion, I don't know much about the NBA because I don't watch. And I, I'm not fully in it like you are, but the NBA is such a sport and such an organization that people are fans of players more so than they are of teams. Yeah. And so, like, you'll see people trade between teams all the time. Like you yeah. like oh, obviously yeah. like you have like your your quote unquote blue blood teams like the Celtics, Lakers, uh Bulls, um and, and those kind of guys. But like you know, people will trade teams because players leave whatever team they were on. So like and, and and I think part of that is kind of like what we're just what we're talking about is I mean if you're a fan of the Sixers, like man, like what's the point? if like they're just going to tank every year, you know, yeah. like, like what's the point of me actually like being invested and paying for, um, you know, NBA access or whatever to be able to watch your games every year, since you're not going to be on national television. Like, like what's the point of me being that invested into your franchise? If like half the time you're tanking because yeah, you're hoping at least for a shot to have a good player. And that's how it is right now with the thunder. Like that's what I was just talking about with Shay. Um, you're, you're trying – you have a great young point guard in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but you're trying to convince him that losing right now is okay for us. But also, like, you're sitting here saying, hey, we want to lose. We're tanking. We want to get high picks. How does that come off to your players and your coaches? Like, if I'm a guy coming off the bench for the Thunder right now and I can get you 12 a game, why would I want to stay here if I know that you're, you're trying to lose right now? I want to go fa- find a place where I can actually play and win at the same time. So yeah, I, I if you're wanting to lose, then you're also not wanting your players to perform well, which exactly. then makes your stock go down. It's a really you know? bad so it's, kind of a, it's a bad um signal to send to your guys. Like 
I don't know. I, I go. With I mean, that's just kind of how it is with tanking in general. But whenever you're just kind of in this um, static tanking cycle, then then you have the issue. Yeah. Uh, it's not so much an issue if like, hey, you just have a really bad year. Like the Warriors a couple years ago, they just had players hurt. Curry was hurt. Uh, and then, you know, Clay was out for the year. Yeah, they were I mean, all hurt. <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna win when you don't have those guys? And so yeah. they just had a year where it was down, but like nobody expects them to be down for long because you know you, you end up getting Jordan Poole, but like you already know, like, hey, once these other guys are back, like we're good. It's just hey, we have a bad year, and because we know these guys are injured, like it's fine. Like we'll be able to get a get a decent draft pick. Like that's different than what the seventy sixers were, what the pistons are what the you know pacers are what the you know magic have been forever you know like you have all these franchises that one they're in small markets and two like they just like they can never like because they're in spark markets they can't get the free agents and so then you're like hoping okay draft like that's how we're gonna win yeah and, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the other problem with the nba right now is that every like all the star players are trying to flock to the, like the same seven teams give or take like everybody either wants to go play for the warriors celtics bucks like they have their own their own certain teams that they want to go play for so it's really harder for these smaller market teams to get the guys so that's why i feel like they think they need to tank is because they have to draft low which is really hard to do obviously sure all right let's i think we you said we have one more tier left yeah so i have my last one tier. Team in it no two two teams. okay okay so this is my i have my last year and then after that i'll give you my league pass rankings Okay. <laughs> so this tier is titled, I would rather sit in a dark room and listen to Cam talk about LSU football history than watch these, <laughs> these basketball teams play. I appreciate that. At least that's the tier name. And this, <laughs> I don't this, know whether to feel insulted no, you should or feel insulted. to it's feel not good, good about it. I don't know. <laughs> and these two teams are basically, it's just the Lakers and the Knicks. The Knicks, I don't like. Couldn't have been to a better organization, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Knicks, I just don't love what they do on offense. They have a defensive-minded head coach in Thibodeau. He's an awesome coach, but their offense just doesn't flow very well. They kind of got a gross thing going on where Julius Randle wants to be their best player. He's really not their best player. They just signed Jalen Brunson to a really big contract, which I didn't love. I don't necessarily think he's a max guy. Um, so that's why they're on the list and the Lakers, I think it's pretty self-explanatory that they're just horrible. horrible. And I also hate the Lakers. So. <laughs> I wonder why you hate the Lakers. Yeah. Also, it's really nice to see LeBron fail. It really is. It's been, it's been nice. So like, it's this weird dynamic, man, because like I have been the guy that is usually rooted for LeBron, like to win in these playoff games, especially whenever they played against the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as he went to LA, I was like, okay, I'm done. And then all the yeah. other like off the field stuff is just kind of like intensified that. But yes, anytime that I see the Lakers lose, and also LeBron, and also especially AD now because I'm still salty. Yes, like still yes. Hate her. <laughs> like let's do it, man. Like I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, they just it's. They have a terrible – they built a terrible roster, to be honest. You can't go into an NBA season and have absolutely zero shooting around your best players, which is what they did. I don't know how they did it, but they pulled it off. So props to them <laughs> for to putting LeBron, together – Yeah, props LeBron to them for letting to LeBron run the team. Friends. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're just – they're rough. I do think they'll make a move at some point. They, I think they kind of have to trade Russell Westbrook at this point. I don't know if they'll be able to. He's making $40 million this year. So it's going to be really hard to match that contract and get something out of it. So 
You're paying $40 million for Russell Westbrook yeah. to come off the bench. To come off the bench. <laughs> oh, for 11 last night with two points. Oh, That's what you're getting yeah. for $40 million. Shout out to the Lakers. They should do that more often. <laughs> All right, so this last thing is my league pass rankings. For those of you who don't know, league pass is basically the NBA's own app that they have. It gives you the ability to you can to, you can subscribe to it for I don't remember how much it is a month, but you can subscribe to it, watch every game you want. You get all of them except for the ones in your area. For me, I don't get to watch any of the Magic, um, so that kind of sucks. But it is what it is. But I get to watch every <laughs> other game. Um, so for me, I my top five right now are the Pelicans. I figured Let's you would go, like dude. That. Freaking Pels, dude. I hate Let's it, go. but I've been locked into the Pelicans so far. They're so fun to watch. It's probably my guy Herb. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with Zion and Bi. Only and Herb Jones. But Herb Jones, yeah. lifer. <laughs> um, so I have the Pelicans number one. The Nuggets are number two. Watching Jokic is just so fun. So I I can't pass up. I don't like passing up the opportunity to watch him play basketball. Number three is the Kings. Another weird position That's for them. Dirty, Another man. weird I'm, position. Like, why are you saying that? But it's they so have. They're so fun to watch right now. Um, like I was saying with De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, Herder, like Malik Monk, they just have so much offense, and it's 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 a it's a fun watch for sure. Um, another one is the Cavs. Um, I was talking about how much I like watching Donovan Mitchell play. He's just a lot of fun. He gets up and down the court, and I'm really interested if they can put it all together because they have a really good young core. So if, if all that starts flowing, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And number five is the Mavericks. I love Luca, one of my favorite players right now. Oh, I can't pass it up. I love him. Also, I should preface no this by... No, not Warriors right now. I'm Are still you just kind of over him at this point? No, I'm just butthurt at the Warriors right now still after beating Celtics. <laughs> and I should say that too. The Celtics are obviously number one on the list, so I didn't want to put them on here. Preface that. <laughs> I will never pass it up. But that's what I got. Those are my tiers. That's my league pass right now. All right. Well, we went a lot longer than I thought we would. Yeah. But that's it's all fine. It's all fine. Let we'll finish up real quick with um picks, Eastern Conference champ, Western Conference champ, and your finals champ. Obviously, I'm assuming that you're gonna go Celtics all the way. Uh so what's your Western Conference champ, Mason? Yeah, so I'm going Celtics all the way. I think the Celtics will beat the Bucks in the Eastern Conference final for sure. Um that's who I would go with. Uh in the West, I've haven't I've been going back and forth right now. I really have between the Warriors and the Clippers. The problem is I don't know if I will want to go with a rematch again. I don't want to, I don't know <laughs> if I can pick a Celtics Warriors rematch because it just feels so chalky. And the thing is, I don't necessarily know if I trust the Clippers all the way to beat the war or to actually beat the Warriors and stay healthy. So I think I am going to go Celtics Warriors in the finals. Give me the Celtics um, this year for sure. Okay. Obvious. It was an, it was an obvious answer. It was yeah. an obvious answer. Listen, Pell's all the way, man. All yeah, way. let's do it. Yeah. Celtics Pelicans yeah. finals. You want to do that? Fel- Fel- Listen, if that happens, Mason, like we're watching every game together. Okay? I don't think like, that one would hurt our friendship as much as an Alabama LSU championship. Oh no, we'd again. be fine. We would be fine for that. But if it's all, we're we're not watching Alabama LSU because no, I don't even watch that with not my do wife. That. So like, no. But I, I'll, I, if somehow, some way, the Pellies make it into the finals and it's against the Celtics, listen, we'll meet up either at my house or your house, or we'll go to B Dubs and watch every single game. We'll do it, okay, making the deal now. Pack is done. Okay. Uh, and on a more serious note, again, I have no idea, but based on your tier list, I'm going to go probably 
again, I'm just going to pick an overall winner because I have no idea on East Conference. But I'm, I'll, I'll go Clippers because again, I like Kawhi and I like Paul George. I think if they're two, those two are playing healthy, then I think they'll, they'll be able to take it over. But yeah, obviously you can't go wrong with the Warriors either. I mean, you got no. Steph. The only problem with the Warriors is if the, if the, they don't have their glue man with Draymond because crap keeps happening, then you got a problem and you're not going to win it. But who knows? It's freaking October. Yeah. There's a long way to go, but that that's, I guess those, those are my thoughts because you know, my thoughts just mean so much Yeah, uh, I mean, hey, in this. Honestly, so. it wouldn't be surprising. Clippers are super deep this year. Their eight man rotation is going to go up against any eight man rotation and probably be just as good. if not better. Does Paolo win rookie of the year? Easily. Not even a question. Not even a question. No, no. chance for Jabari. No, definitely not okay. Jabari. Maybe um, Jaden Ivey with the Pistons. I could kind of see that. He's a really dynamic playmaker, and he just is insanely quick. He can score for sure. Um, but I think it's Paolo. I think Paolo runs away with it. They're just they're, – the whole offense is Paolo right now. So, I, I, it's him. No question. <laughs> Does Jokic win three straight? No, because I think there's going to be some voter fatigue with him. My guess would be either Luka, Tatum, or Embiid. I want to say Tatum. But I think that, of course you do. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I, <laughs> here's the thing: if the Celtics are actually going all the way, first seed in the East, and they do their thing, Tatum has to be considered in the MVP race. I mean, he was fifth last year, and they were hot garbage in the first half of the season. So I do think there's a world where Tatum wins it. I think I would go Embiid to win it. He's been third, like two or three straight years right now in the voting. So I think this could be the listen. If he wins it, then they're going to the finals. Uh, Jokic hasn't been to the finals yet. <laughs> just saying. Well, they didn't have Jamal Murray last year. So. Yeah, fair. But also, like you have to mention Giannis too. Like Giannis is just a beast. Got to mention the freak Giannis, and yeah. then I mean, you can't you can't Steph talk anything without Steph either. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on this uh, NBA edition of our podcast, Mason? Can you believe we made it through an entire episode and didn't talk college football at all? It's, I don't feel good about it, honestly. <laughs> it's weird. But wait, I talked some LSU players, but yeah, I had to do a basketball. I Listen, so like the SEC uh, media days for basketball happened like this past week. Didn't listen or look at any of it. Uh, Will Wade being fired just kind of killed my fire for LSU basketball. It's about and time you got fired. Matt, good Matt Lord. Matt McMahon uh, is going to have to, you know, earn some trust here, dude. I don't care if everybody else hated Will Wade. That's why I loved him because he was awesome <laughs> and he pissed everybody off. And I don't care. And I loved it. And then they fired him. And I was <laughs> mad and sad. And now I just don't care about an LSU basketball anymore. So, you know what? We'll, we'll see what happens here. But that, that's my rant. <laughs> had to pop off an LSU rant, didn't you? I did. At least I had to talk about something. Listen, we have baseball season coming up. I know you care about that. LSU baseball, let's go. I would rather sit in a dark room and listen to you talk about LSU football history and watch baseball. Well, instead, how about you sit in a dark room and listen to me talk about LSU baseball history? Oh, that would be even worse. Honestly. Which one would you rather which one would you rather do? Listen to me talk about LSU baseball or watch the Knicks slash Lakers? Oh. The Knicks play the Lakers. That sounds so traumatizing. <laughs> That's the way I think I would die. If, if I think either that one of those happened, be... I would die. I think if we did any kind of bets, Mason, I think that's the, the, the thing is that we have to force you to watch in in detail the Lakers Knicks game. Oh. You know what, <laughs> what would really suck about that is 
the Eastern time, it starts at like 10 o'clock. So I'll be watching that till almost midnight. Oh, that would be horrible. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one, which we'll get back into our college football talk. Here on the next one, guys. Again, appreciate it.